0: your home. The only thing left to talk about is sex and money and we're going to go there too. Come on, say amen. <laughs> Let's review very quickly. Last week we discovered three things. Let's look at those. First, we discovered that your family of origin has power. Your family of origin has what, everybody? Power. Has power. In other words, wherever, whatever family of origin you came from, more than likely, everything you are. We just heard at the age of nine, but everything you are. They say your character is set in place based upon your family of origin by the age of four years old. Mm -hmm. Four years old. So you are who you are based upon a situation you had no choice about. Is everybody here? You had no choice. So your family of origin has power, but we also discovered that God has power. Amen? (laughs) God has power. How many need to know that today? Because you got some strongholds. There's a reason why they call it strongholds. Because they grip and they hold you, but by the grace of God, God has the power. Next, we discover that families are hurting us, not helping us. Uh, There are a lot of us who kind of under the the delusion that we come from a good family. Uh, What does that mean? How how is that possible? Um, Some folks, you know, from the South, they say they came from good stock. Like, what does that mean? The Bible says we were born in sin, shaping in iniquity. And the truth of the matter is, and I just want you guys to embrace this, there's really, you can't pass nothing good down to your kids. You can't pass it down. The only thing you pass down is sin and unrighteousness. If there's anything good about you or your family, it had nothing to do with your genes. Who can say amen to that? <laughs> Somebody shout, it was God, right? <laughs> it was God. Uh, so our families do more to hurt us than to help us. We actually looked at some data on that. It says 67% of us actually experienced Some childhood trauma that actually has us experiencing arrested development in an area of our life, whether it be social, spiritual, mental, physical, simply because of something that happened to us. And so we discovered that last week. Number three, we also discovered that Jesus has a plan for the family. Anybody happy about that? That Jesus has a plan for the family. Amen. Now, I want to share with you today what his plan is, and you may not like it. So let's look at the text of Scripture today, which is in Mark, the third chapter. The text is on the screen. If I can get you to help me to read it, that'd be great. Um, I preach very long when nobody talks back to me. You already know that, right? Mark chapter 3. Somebody shouted already. Say hallelujah. Yeah, 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 preach pastor, preach pastor. <laughs> all right, Mark chapter 3, verse 20. The Bible says, then he went home, talking about Jesus. He went home and a crowd gathered again so that they could not even eat. Your boy went home and everybody was all up in his face. Verse 21, and when his family heard it, uh-oh, here come the hateration. Here come the hate. When his family heard essentially how big he was getting, his family, y'all, they went out to seize him. The Hebrew word there literally is, is they, uh, they literally laid hands on him. His friends, his boys, his relatives said, we're going to shut him down. He's getting too big for his britches. The Bible says they seized him for they were saying, check this, y'all, Jesus done gone out of his what? He's out of his mind. Verse 31. And his mother, now they called into Calvary, and his mother, they they sent the boys, they sent his friends, they sent his cousins, that didn't work. Now the Bible says that his mother and his brother show up. There, There used to be a time when mama showed up, stuff would happen. Come on, say amen. Let's see what happens here. The Bible says his mother and his brothers came, and standing outside, they sent to him and called him. Greek word there actually says they hollered at the door. Like, essentially, tell Jesus, my mom would say it like this, tell Jesus to get his behind out here right now. Watch what happens. Verse 32, and a crowd was sitting around him, (laughs) and watch this, and said to him, uh, your mother and your brothers are outside seeking you. Verse 33, and he answered. Now, hold on, watch this, y'all. Jesus, this is what Jesus said to his mama. He said, now, he didn't even say his mama. He said, go and tell my mama this. He says, who are my mother and my brothers? Verse 34, and looking about those who sat around him, he said, watch this, guys. He's about to give us a definition of what family is. He said, looking about those who sat around him, he said, here are my mother and my brothers. (laughs) Verse 35, for whoever, read that, y'all, for whoever does the will of God, he is... My brother and sister and mother. Jesus is cold-blooded. Only Jesus can say that and get away with it. How many know y'all would have been, somebody would have been picking y'all up off the ground? Mama would have came in there. Come on, say amen. Uh, today our subject is Jesus' definition of family. Let's say a prayer. Father in heaven, we're asking you today that through the power of the Holy Spirit, that insight, wisdom, revelation, understanding, healing, deliverance, everything that is needed, restoration. Somebody needs Somebody need a move of God right now. They just did not come here today just to hear a speech. They need to hear something life-changing. They're, confront, they're confronted with some issues. They've got some stuff in their family line, some stuff they're facing themselves. Oh, what a waste of time it would be, oh God, if you didn't show up and say something right now. Some folks are looking for a hot sermon. I rebuke that in the name of Jesus. Some folks are looking for something real cool to hear so they can tweet. Father, we're past that. What we really need right now is change. What we really need right now is the courage to obey that which the Lord has to say. So I'm praying right now that, you, that, this, that this congregation right now will have a different appetite. That their hunger will not be for the things of this world, but their hunger right now will be for a word from the Lord. So if you would speak, oh God, we would be ever grateful Is our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. amen. So before we look at Jesus' definition of family, and I'm going to tell you, man, we had such a good time in our first service talking about this, and, and I'm still kind of shook that Jesus actually just said what he said. Um, he has totally redefined how we view family. Let's first take a look at some modern definitions. Let's, let's first take a look at some modern definitions of family. Uh, next slide. Uh, there was an uh, article that I, I, I noticed, uh, I saw the other day uh, on abcnews.com. The question they asked was, is what makes a family? What makes a family? And the, by and large, about 90% of the respondents essentially said a family is where children are present. So uh, essentially, in order for it to be a family, based on the respondents in America, you've got to have some children that are there. I'm not really feeling that. That's kind of unfair because say you got a couple uh, that could not have children, a husband and a wife. Does that mean that they're not family, right? So you got two sisters that have been caring for each other. Both of them are widows. They're looking out for each other. Uh, There are no kids involved. Does that mean that they're not family? So you got two brothers whose parents both died and they're trying to make ends meet. They're trying to survive. They're living together. Are they family? So again, what we're seeing is that in America, we have a very narrow view. Many of us have a very narrow view of family. I told you last week, I'm passed over that, finished, done, like uh, graduated from it, simply because I had no choice. I'm the only biological child out of five. I done told you that a thousand times. So the people in my family are not blood. I mean, some of y'all, I mean, I, sometimes I, I would envy folk who had blood brothers and sisters. I don't have that. My sister is from Korea. Ain't no way. I mean, like, some of y'all confused. Y'all look at my eyes and say, well, maybe we're not, <laughs> we're not sure. Well, I will assure you, there's no connection, right? And then my brother, of course, he was adopted, and my two siblings, who I'm actually related to, which my father's uh, sister's children were adopted. That's my family. That's my family, and those are my brothers and sisters. However, we're starting to see a shift in our culture that people view family differently. Let's keep going here. There are about uh, about three views of family. How many views did I say, everybody? There are three views. The first view is the exclusionist, the exclusionist view which essentially says that a family can only be this. So they'll say that a family can only be a mother and a father and, and some children. Uh, there, there, there are some problems with this because of what we said earlier, just about the different seasons that people are in or the different family constructs that people come from. The other view is called the moderates. Uh, these are folks who are open to same-sex relationships, uh, which is to say if you, got, if you got a brother that loves another brother, and they're just in love with each other, you know, and they want to they adopt the child, then that's a family. And we're not going to judge them, you know, that, you know, if that's what you, essentially the theory is if that's what you want to do, if that's what makes you happy, that should make you happy. And I could preach a whole sermon just essentially on the law aspect of this that would shock you, but I'm not dealing with the law aspect. We're just dealing with the morality of this. People are designing their own families and calling it family, and the moderate views of that. And then finally, we have the inclusionist view. The inclusionist view is a more broad view. They're past same-sex relationships. I mean, whatever you want to do. I mean, just, I mean, whoever you want to call family, um, it, it's, it's, it's on you. Like, it, it's, it's, do, just do you. Uh, it, it's whatever it is. So we have all the extremes and the gradients in between. Uh, look at the definition that they give here for what a family is. Watch this, guys. And we're going to juxtapose this against what the word says. A family is a group of two people or more, one of whom is a householder, which I have no idea is, related, y'all got that, by what? Birth, marriage, or adoption and residing together. In other words, whoever lives together, that's family. Y'all got people in a house, then that's family. Let me tell you pros and cons of this. The pros of this are, Many of you guys understand that family is more than blood. I preached about that last week. And it's actually freeing, freeing, liberating to know that my family is not just them crazy folk that I was born into. Come on, say amen. Come on, say amen. Come on, say amen. Like some of y'all sit around here and just act like it's all good there. No, no, y'all crazy, I'm crazy, everybody crazy, and y'all got crazy folk in your family and the number one person on the list is you. Come on, say amen. All right? But what they're simply saying is like, yo, this, you know, an example of this, look, y'all, look, if y'all boyfriend, girlfriend, y'all want to live together, y'all family, y'all got a family. Y'all, y'all are a family. And listen, we're not here to cast judgment. We're just here to show you how society is simply, a, essentially a saying is saying is we determine what a family is. We declare what a family is. problem with this is, is whether you're born into a family by blood or whether you have arranged your own family, all of the families have given you hell. All of them giving you problems. None of them gave you much of any good at all. That's gonna help you to be saved. None of them. I don't care how proud you are. I am a Johnson. Like jo- Johnson's going to hell too. <laughs> I'm a Smith. The Smiths. Smith. We're a good family. We come from the south and we're hardworking and we have degree- doctors and lawyers in our family. Doctors and lawyers going to hell too. Character is not transferable. It's not, there's no such thing as just we have an honest family. No such thing. We just have a right, we have a good family of people, of God-fearing folk. If they're God-fearing, it has nothing to do with hereditary. It has nothing to do with blood. Are y'all hearing me in here today? If there is anything good about you, come on, lift your hand, somebody. How many know it's, it ain't nobody but Jesus that brings anything good out of you. Some of us are under deception, we have to realize. So the modern definition of family is, is whatever you want to call it, let it be that. Part of the reason why is, many of us have come out of so much dysfunction that we are we are craving, Ah, oh, I know what I'm talking about. We are craving for something that is real and not simply something that's blood. Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry, like, I got the whole, uh, like, you know, like, you know, like the, t- the post cry. I mean, I'm crying during worship. Like, I can't. I mean, I, as, as I listen to that song, and it's, just, it's the fast one that got me. Thank you, Lord, for saving me. Thank you, Lord, for saving me. Oh, my soul cries. If they sang it one more time, I was going to pass out. Thank you, Lord. What? I mean, I'm thinking in my mind, thank you, Lord, for what you saved me out of. I mean, I don't know if that even moves anybody anymore. I don't know. Maybe you was caught up on the beat. You didn't even hear that. Like I'm in straight worship, like it's a slow song. Like thank you, Lord, for saving me. And then you made a way. That's That's right. I mean, when you start thinking about your life and where you came from and the stuff you've experienced, things that you've been through. Oh my God, you be thinking about how good God is, how faithful God's been, how merciful God has been, how God kept you from yourself. Real talk. Real talk. You made a way. Don't know how, but I'm grateful. And so as I begin to consider this, our broad definitions and what we have caused, decisions we have made that have affected our children, people that we've decided to marry, Mercy. every decision in a family counts. Right. Some, some of your children are not in church because you met your, the, your, the, the new husband. Mercy. Mercy. Are y'all hearing me? Some of our marriages are, are, are struggling because you've allowed other people to interfere from the outside. Your mama got too much influence in your marriage. Are y'all hearing me? And so you begin to think about all the dysfunction. Think about how y'all can't talk. There's some of you who have siblings right now, and y'all ain't spoken in years. And you come to church every week, and you're nice to everybody you know, but can't be nice to your own flesh and blood. Family, like, like, I'm telling you, I mean, I'm just just me. I, I ain't no text in the Bible. But, like, if, if, if there was a percentage of people going to hell and why they was going, I'd like to, I'd like to bet about 50 or, or 60% of us are going to lose our souls because of stuff that's happened in our families that we just cannot recover from. You all on church and what happened here and what text. I, no, no, no. You ain't dealing with that. What you're dealing with is genes. You're dealing with, look, my father told me, he was like, dude, you go ahead and drink if you want to. Say, so go ahead and drink if you want to. I know some of y'all are on that thing now. Well, you know, well, we're a little more sophisticated now. We found that there are some actually some health benefits to drinking. <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> some benefits now. All right, look, for, for this brother right here, my daddy told me, he said, You go ahead and drink and you're done. So you're done. Your great your grandfather was a drunk, my father was a drunk, I never touched it, but I got other addictions. Go ahead and play with it. Y'all not hearing me in here. What in your family is good? What do you have to be proud of? Are y'all hearing me? If we really get to the nitty gritty of it all, I got friends of mine that make six figures that have great jobs that are doing well for themselves, but they, I mean, they've been married three times already and they're not even in their fifties. Where'd he get that from? Family is the school of our relationships. There's a reason why you can't stay committed to women. There's a reason why, sister, you just have to be with somebody and you keep settling for everybody. You didn't get that brand new. And I'm telling you, the level of depth that we need from the Holy Ghost in order to shift some stuff in our lives, is church ain't enough. A preacher just preaching it into the atmosphere, not going to deliver you from six generations of, of lust. We need a God. Come on in here, y'all. Counseling is great, but if the counselor don't got the Holy Ghost. Yeah. Yeah, right. tell us, tell us. So watch this now, watch this. So, so we got the world's definition. The world's definition is, hey, look, we family. Whoever you are, just we get together. That's cool. Watch what Jesus' definition is. We're going to go review that text. Watch. The Bible says he went home, crowd gathered again, so they could not even eat. Now watch this. Verse 21, and when his family heard it, they went out to seize him for they were saying he's out of his mind. Now, I want y'all to understand something here. I'm about to go to the next slide. I want y'all to see something. In this hour of ages, she, she's basically going to show us how Jesus felt about his blood family. Check this, check this commentary out on how Jesus felt about his blood family. Watch this. It says, the sons of Joseph were far from being in sympathy with Jesus in his work. No, she doesn't even call them the brothers of Jesus, the sons of Joseph. <laughs> In other words, watch this. Jesus' brothers had very little love for him. I've been trying to tell people this all the yes, time. Yes, you can yes. tell who's really on your team, not when you can find folk that will be there for you, when, you when, when, when when something bad happens. You know who's on your team when you blow up, when God blesses you, when God elevates you, and folks can celebrate you. Yes. Jesus' brothers were insecure about him blowing up. Yes. That's why they showed up. And said we got to shut it down. Who does he, he thinks he's all that running around here? He from Nazareth. Just he from the hood, just like just like the rest of us. Now he got his little posse. He running around here talking about he healing folk. Talking about he is talking about he's the savior. Come on now. Like a lot of people were impressed with that. How many know you can impress a whole lot of people? But the hardest people on the pl- on the planet to impress is your own family members. Yeah. Some of us can't even get a father to say, Ah, oh, man, I'm proud of you. I'm not hearing me. We can't get folks on the hood. They'll come to the funeral, but they won't celebrate you when you graduate. They won't bless you when, you, when you, when you, when you when your tax status changes. Huh? I'm telling you, watch out for folk that's always there when you're going through, but cannot celebrate you when God moves you. Look at this. Watch, watch what she says. Watch this. It says, what a support Christ would have found in his earthly relatives If they had believed in him as one from heaven, Jesus' family members did not believe in him. Keep going. Go ahead. Go ahead. And cooperated with him in doing the work of God. So I'm I'm saying, I know Jesus picked his 12 disciples, but let me just be real. Are you meaning to tell me that Jesus wouldn't have at least wanted his brother to be on his squad? We know Jesus' brother is James, who actually wrote the book of James. But, But some stuff had to happen with James So that he can even accept his brother as the Lord and Savior. Y'all didn't even catch what just happened there. Y'all didn't even catch what just happened there. James would have never wrote the book had he not resolved the issues that he had with his brother. Not Jesus. I'm talking about his brother. So when Jesus is starting his squad of twelve, you can't tell me Jesus didn't feel some type of way that his own brother didn't want to be down with him. Look at what she says. She says, their unbelief, raw, cast a shadow over the earthly life of Jesus. People were essentially saying, if he is who he says he is, then why won't his family uh, support him? Go to the next one. Uh, 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 paragraph 3, same page. It says, it was, a, it was a part of the bitterness. woo! It was a part of the bitterness of that cup of woe which he drained for us. One of, one of the things people don't realize is one of the biggest struggles Jesus had on the planet was not just the struggle of the Pharisees. Look, I don't know about you. It's real easy to deal with folks who hate you and you don't know. Y'all deal with them at work all day long, every day. Am I not right about it? It's a whole nother game when they're your flesh and blood. Can't get no love from them. And Jesus was a man and God. Yes, sir. So yes. the fact that his own family members oh, would not support him. Jesus. Jesus. Brothers walking around talking about, like, yeah, I mean, I know my dad. You know, I mean, I'm good. I'm good. I don't need him. Lies. Yes. If Jesus could not, if, if it, in the Garden of Gethsemane, not only was he thinking about us, but he was thinking about the fact that I got no love for my own blood. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes. Watch. They often saw him. Can I keep reading, y'all? They often saw him full of grief. Now, this mind-blowing. But instead of comforting him, their spirit and words only wounded his heart. Jesus is needing encouragement. Everybody after him. Everybody dogging him. Everybody trying to stop him. And guess what? His family members' blood never encouraged him. Show me one text in the Bible where you see one of his mama. Some pick his mama. I don't know his mama. Where his mama said, good job. Where his brother said, I got your back. I'm sure it would be in there. God could make a powerful point about the power of family if it happened. Come on. Oh, my bad. I mean, are y'all feeling me here? Like, if it would have happened, don't you think it would be in the word? It would be. Yes, sir. What a powerful point God could have made if one of his brothers saw Jesus going through it and his brother said, come here, come here, come here, Jesus. Let me pray for you. Let me encourage you. You know why it's not in here? Because it didn't happen. Where y'all at? Are y'all here? Do you see what your Savior went through? says, but instead of coming to him, their spirit and words only wounded. his heart. Go to that next one. Go to that next one. His sensitive nature was tortured. His motives. Oh. Anybody ever been there? Motives misunderstood. His work, uncomprehended. Look, everybody else is saying about Jesus, I I mean, like, you know, they're criticizing his work, they're criticizing his ministry, they're attacking him. Let's assume for a second, okay, yo, I got all these people against me, but I I know I got my woes, right? Y'all know what I'm talking about. Like, I got somebody behind me. It's one, look, I'm going to tell you right now, and I, especially as a leader, when you're a pastor, criticism is something you breathe, yeah, it's a part of my diet to be criticized as a leader. You know, it just comes with the territory. It don't too much bother me, right? Because I know when I go home, come on, say amen. Shanae, amen, is there to encourage. Can't, look, it, don't, listen, it don't matter what, if I preach a good sermon or a bad sermon, when I walk in the house, I'm daddy. My kids celebrate me coming home. Oh, come on in here. It's a good feeling, isn't it? You come in that house. You feel like, I mean, you got your behind kicked at work. You come home. Camden comes in the door. Daddy, let's throw the football. Right. I'm like, man, do you know what happened today? But what, what, what he's really saying is, I ain't studying what happened to him. You my daddy. Yeah, right. You my boy. My daughter. You know, daddy, let's say the New Jordans came out. Like, she's in the sneakers now. <laughs> like, she's not thinking about what happened to me. She's saying, this is my daddy. All right. Understand now, Jesus never had that. He was catching hell from the outsiders and catching hell from the insiders. Tell the truth. Tell the truth. That's real talk. He up there trying to get stuff done. He's trying to save them. <laughs> and they roll up on him and Jesus, this has got to stop. You're letting this get to your head. Pull yourself together. You're, you're just like one of us. Don't go around here thinking you're better than us. All this deception that you're doing and pretending you're healing people. Like, I can understand if this is Pharisees, this family. 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 Anybody ever been misunderstood by family? I saw three hands. The rest of y'all come from them perfect families I was talking about before. The ones that don't exist. Y'all don't got no family at all. That's why you're not misunderstood. Go to the next one. Go to the next one. The things, uh, these things made his path a thorny one to travel so pained was Christ, watch this, y'all, by the misapprehension in his own home that it was a relief to him to go where it did not exist. There was one home that he loved to visit, the home of Lazarus and Mary and Martha, for in the atmosphere of faith and, of, uh, and love, his spirit had rest. Yes, sir. Y'all know what that just said? Yes, Chris, what it just said was this. Jesus was like, I'm not going home. No more. Whoa, I just set y'all free. He says, I can't, it's a relief not to be around my mama. It's a relief not to be around my brothers. It's a relief not to be around my cousins. They don't get me. They don't understand me. They don't don't encourage me. Oh, I'm helping somebody today. Some of y'all, it's a relief not to be around your husband. It's a relief not to be around your wife. The reason why you come to the house of the Lord is because you're trying to escape. Jesus was like, my family is, uh, is Mary, Martha, and my dude is Lazarus. I'm going to pause right now. I thank God for the band of brothers that the Lord has given me. They're not flesh and blood. I told Donna the other day, Donna, you know, she does my schedule, and there's certain people, when they call, I'm like, I'm going. There's certain people, I don't need to know how much they charge, how much, whether I'm going to get paid or not. These are my buddies. These are, these are brothers that have walked with me through struggle. These are people that have encouraged me in my lowest moments. These are people that have taught me to be a man and taught me to be a good husband. Are Y'all not hearing me in here today? One of the brothers texted me this morning. I got people all around me and their family. Ronnie Vanderhorst, if you're watching right now, thank God for you. He texts me and encourages me and pours into me. I'm realizing now that family is bigger than blood. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Are y'all here? Yes, sir. And you gotta have that. Some of y'all rolling solo. Some of you roll solo. You've been rolling solo. You don't trust nobody. You cannot make it in this life by yourself. on, Some of y'all say, I never do this. Man, look. Man, I've gotten so low. Look, I don't, I, I wouldn't, no, please, no, come on. No. I got to, Because don't, don't text me after this. Don't encourage me. Don't send me flowers. Don't send me a scripture. But there are things that have entered my mind that I said I would never do. But when you get at a low point, and what, what lifts me up is family. And I'm not talking about blood, Jay. I'm talking about those folks that God put in your life. Y'all not hearing me in here. I'm talking about assigned people. Folks that have been assigned to you. You didn't realize that when you were born, hallelujah, when you were born, there was somebody else not even in your family and God assigned them as you grew up. They grew up in a different place. They went through struggles. You went through struggles. But all the while, have you had friends like that where God, where God orchestrated, where God through providence put them in your life at the time that you needed them? And more often than not, it wasn't your mama. More often than not, it wasn't your daddy. More often than not, it wasn't a brother. It wasn't as a kid. Where would you be if God hadn't put people in your life? Oh, bless his name right now. Where would you be if God had not assigned angels? There are folk in here right now that would have blown your brains out. You were contemplating killing yourself. But the mercy of God came in. Through a person that encouraged you. Some of you are gonna walk out on your families, but somebody encouraged you. Some of you were about to do something stupid and somebody checked you. Do you have those kind of folk? Oh, y'all, some of y'all just want people around you. This is gonna tell you how awesome you are. They're not friends. Sometimes you need those friends that will look at you and say, Listen, Negro. I got friends that will say something else. Come on, say amen. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Don't drop a four-letter word in Jesus' name just to get my attention. What? Who are you talking to? Yeah, I'm talking to you, preacher. You ain't preacher. like they're friends I have where I'm not the pastor. I'm just a dude. And they're getting in my grill about standards, getting in my grill about living on principle, getting in my grill about being on purpose, getting in my grill about not procrastinating, getting in my grill about treating my wife with respect and with love. And they're not blood. Who's on your squad? Good word. Good word. Who's on your squad? Good word. Well, I'm, past, I'm 70 years old. I'm just past the age of friendship. The devil is alive. Yeah. The Bible says it is not good that man should be alone. Yeah. He is not talking simply about marriage. Yeah. God knows that our salvation is social. Yeah. Wow. Real good news. Good news. Some of y'all, all y'all do is roll with fake people. Like, there was, a person, there was a person I was rolling with, and all they were doing was talking about other people. And then the Holy Spirit finally hit me and was like, what they're doing to others, they will do to you. Some of y'all roll with people that all they do is flirt with other people's girlfriends, flirt with other people's wives. They nasty, and you don't think they'll look at yours. You cannot hang with filth and not be filth. You cannot hang with trash and not be trash. You cannot hang with drama and not be drama. Y'all not hearing me in here today. You cannot surround. The number one influences in your life cannot be gossipers and your mindset be positive. Go on to the next one here. Watch verse 31. And his mother and his brothers. Watch Jesus' definition of family. And I love this. This is going to set us free. And we're going to end. The Bible says, and his mother and his brothers came and standing outside, they sent to him and called him. Here they go. They're going to shut. They're going to let him know. Jesus, is uh, somebody out here to holler at you? Who is it? It's your mother and your brothers. Uh, by the way, they told me to tell you to get out here right now. Right what, now. Watch this. <laughs> Go to the next verse. Go to the next verse. Go to the next verse. And then Jesus says, um, who, are, who, who are my mother and brothers, by the way? Who who, who 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 is they? Who they is? Like who who is it? Now you know something disrespectful about to come out of his mouth right now. Like now he done now he done already gone off the ledge. Now he's questioning his 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 most intimate relationship. His mama. By the way, I'm telling you, I know Jesus' brothers were such sellouts because who was the only family member at the cross? Not even James, who wrote the book of James, was there. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Watch, now watch Jesus' response. Here we go. We're going to end here. Bible says, and looking about at those who sat around him, <laughs> he, he says, here are my mother and my brothers. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. What's Jesus' mom doing right now, Craig? Yeah. <laughs> after, after a response like that. by the um, uh, yes. Sister Mary, <laughs> Jesus, uh, I, don't know how to, I don't know what to make of what he's saying. He says things sometimes that are just above me. I don't know. He probably means something very positive by this. But he basically said that his his family is in there. there. Now, here goes the bombshell right here. Watch this. Next verse. Then he uh, said, did he say anything else? Yeah, this is what he said. He said, for whoever does the will of God. He is my brother yeah. and sisters yeah. and mother. Yeah. That's it. That's it right yeah. Do y'all see the difference? That's it. Notice what Jesus is saying. Jesus is saying, family uh-huh. is not blood, family uh. is the blood. Listen, that should have set somebody free who got a perverted uncle who they said you was going to be just like him. That should have set somebody free who got a horrible father and you feel like that's in your bloodline. That should have set somebody free who got racist parents, mean kids, crazy cousins. Come on, y'all. What that just told you is is God does not limit family to blood. As a matter of fact, God says family is more than blood. Family is the blood. Whose family? Family is whoever is trying to do the will of God. Let's unfold that just a little bit before I take my seat. Can we do that? Actually, before I go to a wedding, I got to go to a wedding. Go, go to the next one. Watch this. Jesus' definition of family. Three points. All right. Basically, what he's saying is, is he said family are those not who have the same blood, but who share the same vision. That's all right. What is a vision? Vision is destination. So listen, so family are those that are that that have a life. Oh, y'all going to hear me. They are those that have that have agreement with you and where you are trying to go. There are many of you who have blood family that have no destination. They don't care about the things of God. They don't care about your success. They don't care about your prosperity. They don't care about your maturation and growth. Have you ever noticed sometimes, have you ever seen these athletes, these athletes that that make it big and and they go to the league and they got these family members that get them in trouble or that they let get them in trouble, that they let hold them back. I was, uh, Trent Richardson that played for the Browns a few years ago. They said that he gave away, his family took from him like two million Million dollars they they did they would not allow him to move forward in vision and many of us are surrounded by people who are not in agreement with us on where we are trying to go. Yeah. Part of the problem is, listen, 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 listen. Part of the problem is is you don't know where you're going. So you don't know how to align yourself with people that have a destination because you have not resolved. That's why you'll just take anything. That's why you'll just date anybody. That's why you'll just marry anybody. That's why you'll just sleep with anybody. Why? Because you have not gotten clarity on what the vision is. The Bible says without a vision, the people perish. What's our vision? To be conformed to the image of Christ. Amen. And if you, listen, family are those folks that's rolling with you to the same destination. But y'all, some of y'all just hang with people. Where they going? Do they love the Lord? Oh, pastor, you just telling me I got to cut off everybody now that I'm saved? No, what I'm saying is you got to cut off everybody that is not, that does not, that has a influence in who you are as a person you got to cut them off. If you don't cut them off, they're going to cut you off from your destiny. Yes. Wow. They should not have an influence on your thoughts. They should not have an influence on your decisions. They should have not an influence on your emotions. They should not have an influence on your body. You, your spirits have to be aligned in destination. I don't know about you, but I'm trying to get to the kingdom. And if, and if my boys... Oh, I ain't going to never, Pastor, I'm loyal. I ain't going to never quit on my dude. Them dude, they've been there with me. They still smoke weed. They still get high. They still hitting the club. And then what you do is you say, I'm going to come here, and I'm going to love the Lord. Then I'm going to try to hang around them and evangelize them. But you know you're not ready yet to evangelize them yet because you have not gotten solid in who you are. The minute you get around them, you start cussing. The minute you get around them, you start swearing. The The minute you get around them, you start smoking. The minute you get around them, you come on in here. Y'all got to be aligned with vision. Somebody shout vision. vision. Number two, the second thing that makes family is values. Mm. See, you can, never, you can never get to your vision. See, values is the, is the GPS system that helps you to get to your vision. What, what's a value? It's principles I live by. Yes, sir. Principles I live by. Some of us compromise our values. Truth or, we don't got no values, for real. Your value is I do whatever I feel like. So I feel like being spiritual today, so that's what I'm going to do. I feel like talking about people today, so that's what I'm going to do. I feel like having sex today, so that's what I'm going to do. I feel like lying, so that's what I'm going to do. I feel like cheating today, that's what I'm going to do. Pastor, I'm doing me. Problem is, is your values are conflicting with your vision, and your values essentially is the roadmap to get to your destination. If your values are off, you'll never realize the destination. What's a value? A value is a principle. What are our principles? The Word of God. Word of God. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Like, okay. So now, so, so now, I'm really gonna get in your your business. Come on. Like, many of us don't even study Word. Mm. We're not even in Word. So how can you even have us principles us. and standards? It's about to get real. I'm gonna show you. Second us. thing they ought to have. The third thing they ought to have is victories. Mm. You need to be rolling with people who you are winning with. <laughs> In other words, you're going through stuff, yes. You fall sometimes together, yes. But you're also experiencing some victories together. Like if the people you're rolling with are not advancing you forward, they're not family. Not based on Jesus' definition. Jesus said they need to have similar vision. Jesus said they need to have similar values. Jesus says they need to be experiencing victories. Let me, let me, can I make it real, and then go home? All right, here we go. Watch Take this. So, what was Jesus really saying? This is what he's saying. He's saying if you're going to date, if you're single and you are looking for somebody, come on, now. look at me. He says if they don't have your vision. There it is. Come on now, come on now. Real. Look, and this is why I say this. I, I, I don't even, I look at the old series that we did for, it for family in 2012. We actually gave some principles for courtship. But I, my my thing is, look, if you're dating somebody, you should be dating to get married. I don't care how old you are, you should be looking for marriage material, because some of us, some of us are good girlfriends and boyfriends, but we'll never be good spouses Amen. until we have an adjustment in our vision and our values. Amen. So so this applies. So Jesus is saying, "Who's your family?" He was like, when you even consider courtship and dating. You need to make sure this person has a similar vision to you. They're trying to be saved. To be, amen. Yes. Amen. Yes. amen. This is why I, I, I strongly encourage folk not to date people who are not saved. All right now. Do not be unequally yoked with unbelievers. All right now. Good word. We're talking about marriage. Yes. We're talking about dating, but we're talking about a destination. Every courtship, dating, relationship should have a destination, yeah. and it shouldn't be the bedroom. Yeah. Yeah. It shouldn't be nice, a, a, a Facebook status change. Yeah. Yeah. Come, on, man. Come on, What's their vision? Do you guys align on the word? Yeah. And are you winning together and not failing together? That's all right. That's Who's all right. my family? Next one. Next one, marriage. And so there's some folk in here right now, single folk, who can tell you about marriages that they're in where they don't have vision, they have division. Mm. Wow. You got people who don't share the same vision, don't share the same all they do is share share kids. They share bills. They don't share no victories. I don't have time now, but there's a passage of scripture for this. First Corinthians seven tells us how to handle those situations. Some of y'all look, and there's no judgment. Some of y'all got married when you, and you, both of y'all were not saved. The Holy Ghost took over your life, and then you changed. They didn't change. The Lord said, "Don't worry, hang in there." Yes, sir. Yes, sir. He said, "Hang in yes, there." He says, "As a result of your faithfulness." Yes, sir. He says, "Something could happen to them." Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yeah. Now we just divorce them for anything. They don't read their Sabbath school lesson. I'm out. Like. Gone on that? That? Really? Why are you gone? You can't cook? Are you saying they couldn't cook when you was dating them? They're not they're not they're not they're not they're not friendly. They, listen, listen, oh, I, I, I could spend all day talking about this. This is one of the things, one of the reasons why I recommend people, when they're dating, that you need to get that, that you should, I don't care how you can be 35, 40, do not date nobody and don't get nobody else's opinion in your relationship. Nobody is grown enough to pick their own spouse. That's true. That's true. Nobody. you you dumb. you too dumb. You know you're dumb. What? You got part Holy Spirit, not fully. So how are you going to just run around selecting your spites? The Bible says, <laughs> <laughs> he that finds a wife finds a good thing and obtains favor from the Lord, right? Yes, sir. Yeah, but boy He let me hear this sermon where that was broken down. It doesn't really mean you went and found it. it means you stumbled upon it because God was leading. Yes sir Amen. Amen Yes, sir. And so in our marriage, listen, in our marriage, in our marriage, we have got to have a very clear vision. And so I hear some of you now, "Well my husband, he won't lead spiritually, then you lead." Stop sitting there waiting on him, pouting and complaining that he's not leading. That's not going to help him lead. What you need to do is realize that your family is under a cold black and that you need to do whatever is necessary to make sure that your vision, your values, your victories are experienced in the home. There's men sitting in here right now. that wasn't too much thinking about the Lord. Their wives hung in there. Their wives were patient. They kept their mouths shut. Come on, say amen. They wasn't nagging them into their face all the time about going to church. They quieted themselves. They learned how to pray and I, know there are men in here right now that's sitting in here because their wives saved them. They kept praying. They kept fasting. Oh, y'all not hearing me in here. And vice versa. I don't tell you, I'm married now. I'm telling you, like My wife and I always say this, like, if I wasn't saved, I'm going to tell this to this couple today. I'm going to be like, if you're not Christians, don't do this. Come on now. First of all, why would anybody want to be married if they don't know the Lord? I just want to be in a monogamous relationship. No, you don't. Your flesh doesn't want to do that. Listen, the reason why we're married mainly is because we got two people that share vision, that share values, and that share victories because we have a destination. Hallelujah. This thing is bigger than us. Hallelujah. It's about the image of God and the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. It's about self-denial. If you don't want to change, don't get married. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Next. Parents. I'm at the end here. What time is it? One, oh, okay, i gotta, I got to end in five minutes. So let, this is a good place to end, though. Here's another place where we need to operate in Christ's method for family, parenting. Now, my wife and I observe this all the time. As a parent in 2016, this is the most competitive generation of parents ever. Yeah. Yeah. Basically, what parents are doing now is using their children to make them look good. Yeah. It's all about your image. Oh my God. You know, you talk to people all the time, my wife and I. You know, when we first got here, you know, I was like, oh, what, what, also oh, what's, what school, what's school, you know, he's a young adult profession. oh, what school does your child go to? Oh, they go to Raymond uh, Junior Academy, oh, okay, that's nice, where's that school? Uh, you know, I don't know no better, I don't know no better, so I don't know what the neighborhoods, I don't know the wards, I don't know none of that, so I'm like, you yeah, know, it's like the Harvard Lee area, oh, <laughs> Harvard Lee, <laughs> well, our, our child goes to the, uh, academic prep of, Next level uh, for college preparation, elementary school, and um, our child is learning Chinese. First period, second period, they take an aviation class. Aren't there FAA rules against that? No, but an adjustment has been made for this school so that the kids are able to fly airplanes by third grade. This is, this is, this is the, anybody ever been in conversation like that? It's just like, somebody always has to have a better story than your story about your kids. Oh, my child just, you don't understand. Child is, that child is, my child is a dream. Any real folk in here know your children crazy as you are like this. And it doesn't matter what school you send them to. they, They go into school with your jeans in them. Listen, I'm telling you now, I'm telling you, what I'm seeing now is I have all these professional friends who are doing very well, who go places, who drive cars with a bunch of numbers behind them, and, you know, live in real big houses. They have all that stuff, but they kids looking at porn, too, and sending it and making it. Right. Right. Look, this is my philosophy. No disrespect. Y'all do what y'all want to do. This is my opinion. I got the mic. I can say what I want. I got eight hours away from my kids every day. Uh, I, they need to get the Holy Ghost. Right. That's why my kid's in Christian school. I'm sorry. Look, look let, me, let me tell you why. Because I know me, and if I'm anything like them, and I know weakness in one generation is wickedness in the next generation, I need some teachers that know how to pray. I need some teachers that know scripture. <laughs> they got my stuff in them. I don't know about you. You can do what you Like, I'm saying, so we have a generation now that their vision for their children is success, Word. not God. Word. It's not I can't listen, man. We, and look what we celebrate. We go on like, oh, such and such graduated, uh, summa cum uh, Thank you, Lottie. <laughs> they finished college in eighteen months, and then they're, they're working. They're working for uh, for FEMA, uh, uh, the jaw, the, the, the dance, and Wall Street, and they're a doctor at the same time. You can tell what people's values are based on what they celebrate. When are we going to start celebrating our, ki- our kids' repentance? When are we going to start celebrating our kids' honesty? When are we going to start celebrating our, our, our kids struggling but learning from their mistakes? When are we going to start celebrating those kinds of things? Do you understand what I'm saying? We, we have set a culture of trying to get successful kids without the Spirit of God. No, I mean I'm not, I don't have perfect kids because I'm not pastor. His children should should walk walk on air, right? I don't walk on air. As a matter of fact, I'm tiptoeing over the over the gates of hell. It's grace that's keeping me out. It's mercy that's keeping me. Are you hearing me? So, what's my vision for my kids? Salvation. I don't care. Jesus stayed with his mama until he's 30 years old. And he turned out pretty good. Come on, say amen. Stop getting caught up in what your kid is doing and what they're doing and why your kid is in prison. God can save that boy in prison. Stop beating up on yourself because you didn't do this and you didn't do that and somebody told you you should have done this. Let it go! Hey, listen, if my kids get saved, mission accomplished. If my kids help somebody, There's some of you in here getting ready to have children. Make up your mind right now that the number one desire for your kids is not to take cute selfies and to get married and to make you proud. That's flesh. The number one desire for your kids is that they live godly lives, that they love mercy and they walk humbly before their God. And then your kids ought to experience some victories. Look, my wife and I tell our kids, we don't have money. They'd be like, but hold up, but Daddy's a preacher. Mommy's a, lord, a dentist. Where's the money? Debt. I told my son what debt was yesterday. He didn't have no idea what debt was. I explained it to him. He was like, Daddy, are credit cards good? I said, they're the devil. <laughs> The devil. Let me tell you how to the devil. <laughs> no, but, but listen, seriously. So, so sometimes we will share with our children the struggles. We will share with our children our, our feelings. I mean, listen. I told I told my kids years ago, your daddy struggles with pornography. That's good. That's good. That's good. That's good. I told them that. That's good. That's good. Why would I not warn them if what I have? want them to experience some victories and the way they experience victory is not by walking around here faking acting like they, they don't have no problems the way to experience victory is by acknowledging I need thee oh I need thee every hour I need thee my God if there's one thing I can teach these children I want to teach my kids how to repent I want them to be experts at repentance. I want them to graduate from the University of contrition. I want them to get PhDs in brokenness. Hallelujah. I feel God. I want, I want my kids to get master's degrees in meekness. I want them to get doctorates and falling on their face and say, Lord, help me. I'm a sinner. I don't know how to get out of this. I'm telling you if you can get your kids to learn that then there's nothing that they won't be able to accomplish. There's nothing that they won't be able to surmount. There is no problem that they will not be able to solve. Hey, so, you know, check this out. So watch this. So not only, so watch family now. Family is whoever is trying to do the will of God, right? So I'm not only my wife's husband, she's also my sister. I'm my son's father, but he's also my brother. Taylor is my daughter, but she's also my sister. Are y'all feeling me now? Because our relationship is not any longer based simply on the fact that we birthed them. Our relationship is built on the fact of where we're going and who we know. And so I got I got good news for you today. Some of you are flipping and tripping because your family of origin has caused you more problems than blessings. Listen to what your Lord said. Your Lord says, uh-uh, uh-uh, you gotta look further than that. You got family. Oh, that's why I love the church. The church ain't nothing but a big old family of sinners who fell down and got up. It's full of folks who are trying to do the will of God. Folks that understand your journey, know where you're going. I got family. This is my sister, and this is my brother, and I got mothers in the church. Come on and bless his name in here. How many thank the Lord not for the folks that that you were born into, but how many can praise him for the folks that you were born again into? How many rejoice right now that you got folk in your life that you didn't choose, but that God chose? Come on and bless his name. How many can celebrate right now that if you were left up to yourself, if you were left up to your family, you would have lost your mind, you would have made dumb decisions, you would have fallen and not gotten up. But how many can praise them for real family? For fathers in the spirit and mothers in the spirit and brothers in the spirit. Oh, the Bible says, when your mother and your father forsook you, God picked you up. Stop tripping about what's so messed up about your family. You didn't realize that you got, you got Holy Ghost folk in your family. They are no relation to you. here. That's why it's so important. Hey, my wife is ushering today. Can y'all let her step off the ushering duty for a second so she can go warm up the car because we got to get to a wedding that's an hour away. Free her. Free her right now. She's faithful on the post. Y'all see that? She know we got to go, but she on the post. Vision! Come on, say amen. Somebody go tell my children to get in the car too. All right, look y'all. We we have got to... Listen, stop tripping about your sons, your daughters, your kids, your husband. Stop doing that. And recognize that because you're a believer, the word applies to you. Do not expect people to love you who are not saved. If You didn't just hear what I said. If they are not saved, stop putting expectations on them to love you. But pastor, they're in the church. I said if they're not saved... Most of us get in trouble because we have unrealistic expectations. We're wanting people to, we're wanting him to be a good father, but he can't. He ain't been broken. He ain't surrendered to the Lord. How ain't he going to be a man of God? When you're looking for a father, you're not looking for somebody to give you a few dollars. You're looking for a man of God. How's he going to be a man of God if he ain't, if he ain't been regenerated? How's your mother going to encourage you and support you if she ain't been broken before the master? Let them go. Loose them. Forgive them. Let it go. You know the word. Now you experience. Now you give to them. Honor your father and your mother. I don't care how they treat you. The Bible says you honor them because you're the saved one. The Bible says uh, parents do not provoke your children to wrath. But pastor, you don't know what my children have done to me. Your children ain't saved, but you are. Father, we thank you right now. We need this because we get clipped up and tripped up because we lack a vision. We lack values. We don't, we don't have no word, no principles. We let anybody in our lives. We sleep with anybody. We gossip with anybody. We party with anybody. We smoke and drink with anybody. We live with anybody. And we're not realizing that the people that are in our inmost circle are the ones that are going to determine many times our destination. Just so somebody here today just wants to stand and say, "God, I need you. I need you to take over my family. I need you to put stuff in and take stuff out. I want you to stand right now. Put stuff in and take stuff out." Oh my. Hey, hey, somebody just needs to be thankful today or, or, or maybe maybe it, it, even better there are those of you this is a hard what I'm about to ask you to do is hard I'm admitting it there are some of you right now who experience bouts of loneliness because you are looking for what I'm preaching about somebody to just ro- you ain't, this ain't romantic we ain't talking we, we, we talking about friendship we're talking about family. You're just, you, you just tired of trying to do life alone. You're you, you a brother and you're you a little macho and it's hard to say, I need a band of brothers. I need a father figure. But what I have learned is, is when you ask, the Bible says, to ask and ye shall receive. I'm telling you, I said, Lord, I want mentors. He put them in my life. I said, Lord, I want a band of brothers. He put them in my life. I said, Lord, I want a godly wife. Who's fine too? Come on, say amen. He, he put that in my life. You've got to learn to ask God for what you need. Is there anybody in your family circle, you are lacking something and you need God to send somebody. Remember, I'm not talking about romance. I'm talking about anybody, a mentor, a father, a mother in the spirit, a sister in the spirit, a brother in the spirit. You need somebody to come alongside of you. If you're here, I want you to just raise your hand. Just raise your, your hand. hand. Just raise your hand. Now, there are some of you, God has put people in your life, but you have not utilized them. God has surrounded you with people who can be that to you, who can be family to you. But because of your pride and your fear of opening up and talking and your, and your trust issues, God already told you I put them in your life but you've not utilized them but by the grace of God you want to show some courage today and utilize that which God has put in your life I want you to raise your hand right now raise your hand raise your hand some of y'all know what I'm talking about that's right now there's somebody here that needs to join the church you need to join this church today because you're joining a family (laughs) who does the will of God the Lord said hey I'm going to answer your prayer right now become a part of a church family that's committed to vision that's committed to values that's committed to victory. That's committed to the will and the ways of God. So is there somebody needs to join this church today? Your heads about your eyes and clothes. Baptism, rebaptism, profession of faith, transfer of membership. Whatever it is, I want you to raise your hand right now as the Lord is talking to you. Just right. Nobody's business. Your heads about your eyes and clothes. As the Lord is talking to you right now, you need to join this church. Raise your hand. Just raise your hand. Pray, church. So listen, I'm, the invitation is here. Be a part of his family be a part of the family be a part of the family that, that doesn't discriminate against you because of your blood your skin color come on in here somebody, your sin situation be a part of a grace family if you're here today and you need to join this church, you've been dating you've been flirting but now it's time to make a commitment I want you to raise your hand right now Ten. Nine. raise your hand eight, come on somebody Seven, Lift your hand, be bold. Praise God. Special prayer, hallelujah. Six, raise your hand. Five, anybody else? Four, come on, make that move. The Lord is opening up a way for you right now. And I, I don't know these strange people. I don't know who these folks are. Hey, you better trust God. You don't need to be the one in control of your relationships. Let God do that. Four, raise your hand. Raise your hand. Three, raise your hand. Come on now. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. This is about the Lord. This is about allowing him to come into your life. Three, lift your hand right now. Two. It's the best move you're ever going to make. One, just lift your hand. All oh, bless his name. Let's pray right now. Father in heaven. I, okay. I'm so glad I'm a part of the family of God. <laughs> Been washed in his spirit, <laughs> cleansed by his blood. Oh Lord, we rejoice right now for the people you put in our lives. We rejoice right now that your mercy endures forever. We thank you right now that you're a God of family and you've enlarged this thing and you've put people in our lives to grow us. Oh God, help us to be led by your spirit as I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 We're going to call our deacons to collect the morning's tithe and offering.